Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. I have another story about a murder at sea, and this one is even more bizarre than the last. Back in 1961, an 11-year-old little girl by the name of Terry Jo Dupereau would be found floating in the middle of the ocean near the Bahamas on a small life raft. According to the story, she had been on a special vacation aboard a sailboat, the Blue Bell, with her mom, her dad, her siblings, and another family when everything went wrong. With the boat now quickly filling up with water and beginning to sink, Terry Jo barely managed to jump into a life raft at the last minute. She had been left to survive in all of the elements, all alone on that raft for 48 hours, and it was an absolute miracle that she was found alive. 
However, when she woke up, the details of the harrowing events that happened that fateful night, leaving her stranded in the ocean on a raft, would shock authorities. Her account involved violence, blood, an inheritance plot, and a sinister cover-up, now known as the Bluebell Murders. So let's jump right in. We're going to start out by talking about the Dupereau family. They were the ones that rented the beautiful Bluebell sailboat for what they believed was going to be an extraordinary voyage and a family vacation. The Dupereaux consisted of the head of household, Arthur, his wife, Jean, and their three little ones, 14-year-old Brian, 11-year-old Terry Joe, and 7-year-old Renee. They were an upper-middle-class family who lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where Arthur owned his own optometry business. His practice took up a ton of his time, so he decided to plan the ultimate family vacation, a week-long boating trip where they would have the chance to explore all of the amazing little islands off the Bahamas. They were well-off, but not rich, so Arthur had to save for this luxury trip for several years. In 1961, he finally had enough money saved to rent the Bluebell for a week, when he would sail with his family from Florida Keys over to the Bahamas. They would spend their days sailing from island to island, enjoying the sun and snorkeling at every opportunity. It sounds amazing. Definitely not my cup of tea being away from land for that long, but an adventure nonetheless. And again, Arthur, he was an optometrist. He was not a sailor, so he asked his longtime acquaintance, former marine and seasoned skipper, Julian Harvey, to captain the boat. Julian would be paid $100 a day for his services, and he could even bring his wife along with him, which he did. Julian's wife was a young lady named Mary Dean Harvey. She was an aspiring writer, but on the sailboat, she would be assisting as a chef. Mary was Julian's sixth wife. He was a skilled World War II bomber pilot vet who didn't necessarily enjoy monogamy. They departed from Fort Lauderdale on the morning of Wednesday, November 8th, 1961. Everything seemed to be going very smoothly. The first four days of the voyage were incredible. They had perfect sailing weather as they headed towards the Bahamas, and they were able to stop into several tiny islands, including Bimini and Sandy Point along the way, so that they could enjoy the beaches and all of the local fare. Everyone who came across the family on their adventures said that they were happy and they talked about what an incredible journey it had been. On the fourth night of their voyage on November 12th, little Terry Joe went to bed in a tiny cabin that was located below deck towards the back of the boat. She was exhausted from a busy day of enjoying the sandy beach. Her parents, along with her older brother and her little sister, decided to stay up later that evening and remain on the deck. Just a few hours after falling fast asleep, Terry Jo was awoken by loud sounds coming from above deck. She described them as stamping noises. She also heard her big brother yelling, Help, Daddy, help! It sounded like there was some kind of scuffle happening right above her, and then it went completely silent. Terry Jo had no idea what was going on, but she was absolutely terrified. 
She's just an 11-year-old little girl, but she knew that something wasn't right. She takes just a few moments to drum up the courage to go above deck and find out what was happening. When she climbed the stairs, she found her mother and her big brother lying on the deck floor of the main cabin, surrounded by a pool of blood. Both were obviously deceased at this point. Terry Jo continued cautiously moving through the boat to see if she could find help, when suddenly she was confronted by Julian Harvey, the man who was supposed to be commandeering the boat. He was also covered in blood, and there was a knife located near him. He appeared to be in a frantic state as he yelled at her to get back downstairs and back to bed in her cabin. She was terrified, so she did exactly as she was told, walking back past her mother and brother's bodies, trying not to look. At this point, she had no idea where her father or her little sister was. As she sat back down on the bed downstairs in her cabin, she was in a state of complete shock, and she had no idea what to do next. That shock was interrupted when waves of cold water began to fill the cabin floor. The boat was taking on water very quickly. She saw Julian walk past her cabin, possibly carrying a rifle with him, so she chased after him to ask him if the ship was sinking, to which he replied with a simple yes. There was a dinghy that was attached to the side of the sailboat, which was now beginning to float away. Julian noticed his escape route disappearing out into the ocean, so he quickly jumped overboard and swam over to the dinghy. He climbed onto it before disappearing into the night himself. Again, the ship was quickly sinking with Terry Joe on it. Thankfully, she remembered that there was a life raft that was secured to the wall of the boat located near the main cabin. Terry Joe ran to it, grabbed it, pushed it over the side of the boat, which was now completely filling with water, and she jumped in and clung to it for dear life. She had no time to take any supplies with her on that life raft. No food, no water, no blankets, nothing. And all she was wearing was her pajamas, which consisted of a thin white top and pink pants. My absolute worst nightmare is being stranded in the ocean. You're surrounded by all of this water that you can't drink. There's sharks and God only knows what else waiting for your demise so they can eat you. I can't imagine an 11-year-old little girl who really has no idea what is going on other than that her mother and brother are dead and her father and little sister are missing and maybe gone down with the boat. There was nothing out there on the water with Terry Joe, not another ship, vessel, anything in sight. That night, as she floated out in the ocean all by herself, she was freezing cold. When the sun came up the next morning, she was scorching hot and she had no protection from the rays or the heat. She also didn't have any clean drinking water or any food, so at this point, she began hallucinating. She would later recall imagining her father giving her a glass of red wine and saying, come on, Terry Joe, we're leaving, as they got on board an airplane. Terry Joe tried to position herself in that little life raft in a way that kept her legs and her feet inside the raft, because every time they dipped into the water, 
she would be attacked by parrotfish with large teeth. Her only hope was that someone would come along and find her. At one point, an airplane flew by and Terry Jo tried to wave her arms to get their attention, but her tiny white raft looked like just any other crash of the waves. It would have been really difficult to spot. While Terry Jo was praying to be found, what she didn't know was that another survivor of the sunken ship had been recovered, Julian Harvey, the captain of the Bluebell when it went under. He was found floating in the Northwest Providence Channel by an oil tanker just the day after the Bluebell sank. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. 
But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Julian quickly identified himself as the captain of the Bluebell and said that there had been a terrible accident. I've read two versions of accounts regarding Julian having another body with him in this dinghy. Some reports say that it was the body of his wife, but most reports that I've read say it was actually the body of seven-year-old little Renee, Terry Joe's sister. He claimed that she floated by, and so he grabbed her and pulled her into the boat with him to try to save her, but unfortunately it was too late. He decided to keep the body with him just out of pure respect. According to Julian, there was a sudden squall or a big burst of wind that damaged the mass of the sailboat. When things began collapsing, it caused a rupture in the engine room, and the ship had actually caught fire and then began to sink. Sadly, again, according to Julian, he was the only one who managed to make it to a lifeboat. Everyone else aboard, including the entire Dupereau family and Julian's own wife, had become trapped and they all went down with the boat. There was nothing else at this point that could disprove Julian's versions of events. So he was released by authorities and sent to a hospital in Miami to recover. Unbeknownst to Julian, there would be another survivor from the Bluebell. The captain of a Greek freighter would spot something very small and white floating in the water of the Northwest Providence Channel. At first, he wasn't even going to pay it any attention. It was so small that it was likely just the white splashes of the ocean waves. But for some reason, he said he just couldn't look away, and as his ship drew closer to that floating white speck, it became apparent to him that it was actually a white life raft with a tiny child lying in it. I don't know if you believe in miracles, but if you do, this simply was one. They had to move quickly if they were going to save her life. The raft was in terrible condition. It was completely falling apart, and Tara Jo was barely hanging on any longer. She just did not have the energy and now the raft was being swarmed by sharks. Whether they had been following her for some time, waiting for her to go overboard, or whether the commotion in the water lured them there, they didn't know, but they knew they needed to act quickly. While the crew worked hard to hoist the child up into the ship, one member took a photo of the small, frail child with blonde hair. Her lips were chapped, her skin was burned from the rays of the sun. She was severely dehydrated, but she was alive. She did not speak, though. Once she was treated by the crew on board, given food, water, and allowed to rest, the captain attempted to get some information out of her. He was aware that they should be on the lookout for survivors of the Bluebell. Many of the watercraft in the area had already been alerted to what had happened after Captain Julian had been rescued. 
But was it possible that this tiny, fragile girl was from that sunken ship? He tried to get her name or any information out of her that could identify her that he could then pass on to the Coast Guard, but she was silent. Finally, after pushing and prodding, she said one word, Bluebell, and this confirmed who she was. She whispered to the captain that her name was Terry Jo Duperot, and then she fell asleep for a long time. She was exhausted after surviving such a traumatic ordeal. Basically, overnight, Terry Jo became a media sensation. The story of her survival spread like wildfire. It was miraculous that she was able to survive over 48 hours without food, water, or protection from the elements, all while floating in the middle of the ocean on a raft that was not designed to withstand being used for days. When she was rescued, legit, her raft just disintegrated into the ocean. Her photo was put on the front of all the popular newspapers. People were thrilled about her heroic survival story. That is, people other than Julian Harvey. He was not planning to leave behind any survivors, and he had just assumed that Terry Joe went down with the boat. It's unclear why he didn't kill Terry Joe in the same way that he allegedly killed his wife and the rest of the Duperot family by stabbing them. But in my opinion, what he did to her is even more cruel. He abandoned her on a sinking boat with the bodies of her family, assuming that she would drown. But she didn't. And this 11-year-old little girl would make a very good witness. Julian Harvey decided that he wasn't going to stick around and find out about all of the charges that were coming his way after committing a mass murder. He happened to be with the investigators at the time of hearing the news of Terry Joe's rescue. He said something to the effect of, oh my god, and then he acted like it was a happy miracle. He was thrilled that she was found alive. But that night, while he was staying at a nearby hotel, he would take his own life, leaving the cleaning lady to find his lifeless body in his bathroom. The leading theory was that Julian had decided to capitalize on this sailing trip by using it as a way to kill his wife, Mary Dean, and then collect on an insurance policy. Police believed that he had planned this for quite some time because he had selected a policy specifically that would pay him out double the amount if Mary were to die in an accident. With Mary dying in a boating accident, he would stand to inherit double the insurance money. Investigators believe that Mary was likely the only intended target, but perhaps Arthur and his family members caught him in the act, so he had to get rid of the witnesses. Though Terry Jo had survived an incredible ordeal, she had lost her entire family. Her mother, her father, her big brother, and her little sister all presumed dead, murdered by Julian Harvey over money. Ultimately, little Terry Jo would move in with her aunt and uncle, her cousins, and her grandmother, so she was always surrounded by love. She would go many years without ever speaking a word about the tragic events of her life, instead choosing to move forward, getting married, and having six children of her own. She's now retired, and she enjoys her time as a doting grandmother. 
What's really surprising here is that she would dedicate her life's work back to the water. The water is really the thing that nearly killed her. She spent years with the Department of Natural Resources working with fisheries, and then she moved on to the water resources and water regulation and zoning before co-writing her story called Alone, Orphaned on the Ocean. What many people don't know, including myself before researching this case, is that the Bluebell murders and Terry Joe's survival story have impacted real change in Coast Guard regulations. The life raft that she had clung to was white, which completely blended in with the white crashing waves. It is an absolute miracle that the captain of that Greek ship saw her raft floating out there and was able to save her, because she completely blended in with the rest of the ocean. The white life raft, her white shirt and light pink pants, along with her blonde hair, it would have been really difficult to see her. So after this happened, the Coast Guard changed regulations so that life rafts and life jackets are now that bright orange color, which makes them much easier to see. Terry Joe's story is both tragic and miraculous, and it's always best told by the person who lived it. So if you're interested in reading a little more about the Bluebell murders, I highly recommend checking out Terry Joe's book called Alone, Orphaned on the Ocean, which she co-authored with Dr. Richard D. Logan. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I post things on TikTok, Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. If you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please subscribe to the channel. And if you're not watching on YouTube, that's okay. But I do post all of my podcast episodes in video format over there. Until next time. Sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.